You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on Twitter at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Capper. You can find me on Twitter at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this episode is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code FLIGHTDECK-10 at checkout, you will save 10% on your entire order. So head over to sportbuffshop.com, use the promo code, save 10%, and get all that swag from whatever league you choose it from. Mm-hmm. And folks, you can find the LOS Flight Deck all over social media. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Deck, on Instagram, at Deck, on Facebook, at facebook.com slash Pod, on YouTube, at youtube.com slash Deck. And make sure you check out our merchandise over at teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck. Also want to congratulate Monica White for being the winner of this week's uh, pair of uh, Sport Buff Flight Cruise seats. Uh, I hope uh, you enjoy the game. And we will be giving away another pair for the upcoming Thanksgiving Day Classic. The tradition that should never leave Montreal. Because we need our we need our our CFL traditions here. Um, stay tuned to all of our socials on how we're going to do it. It's very possible we may do it slightly different because it is Thanksgiving. We want and we want to give as many people the opportunity to win these tickets to go see the Alouettes play the Ottawa Red Blacks on Thanksgiving Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. First, first and foremost, I Cliff, I have a, a one bit of house cleaning to do. Um, I had mentioned on social media that um, the the date over at the Pure Litter website uh, promoting Tackle Hunger showed that the Alouettes were going to have their date, uh, their Tackle Hunger game on the 22nd of October, which would have been their season finale versus Toronto. Uh, it, it actually was, as I reported it back in June, it will be happening this Friday at Percival Molson. So make sure that you do bring either a donation or some canned food items to the stadium. And you will also get a chance to take a picture with the Grey Cup for the second time this season. What? Mm-hmm. Two times for a city that hasn't won the championship in so long, Cliff. <laughs> this Grey Cup comes to Montreal twice in one regular season. I, I wonder if that's a sign. This is like, you know, you better get to see it now because you're not going to see it later this year. I no, hope it's not. No, I'm different at that one, actually. I was about to say, what would it be like, Cliff, to have the Grey Cup show up three times in Montreal in 2022? Oh, that's okay. the, that's the goal, dude. That would be absolutely amazing, obviously, for Alouette fans. Oh, 100%. I, I think as exciting as it would have been to see it in, uh, what was it, June or July, mm-hmm. that we had the uh, the uh, the anniversary of the the 20th anniversary celebration for the 2002 Grey Cup? July, I think. 
I have to go back and check myself. But yes, we've had either way earlier in this in the summer. Yeah, so we, we've had that. Uh, we're going to be having it this coming Friday, which is still in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alouettes fans, how would you? I, I think I know how you feel, but imagine that third time being in late November at the uh, Cartier de Festival, which is where they normally would hold a championship celebration. That's where they had the 2009-2010 Grey Cup championship celebration. I'd be okay with seeing the Grey Cup here in Montreal in late November myself. Oh, yeah. I, I want to believe you all would too. Oh, yes. Yes, sir, baby. Yes, sir. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you mentioned to me that you yourself – have a little bit of a follow-up to the story of a, to a story that we did last week. Yes, uh, last week, as you may or may not have heard, uh, our, our our man Tim over here discovered these uh, KFC Ruffles chips, and I laughed because I'd seen them all over. I thought they were just available in the rest of Canada because I had not seen them anywhere in the Montreal area. And I thought, oh, I wonder if it's one of those things where just Quebec is like SOL when it comes to these chips. But lo and behold. Ladies and gentlemen, the KFC chips have arrived in Montreal. I found them at the lo- local grocery store, uh, picked up a couple of bags, and, uh, well, finally got to try them. I got to see what all the hype was about. And? Considering you bought a couple bags. Well, it was one of those, like, two for seven bucks deals. So oh, like, okay. Oh, okay. You know, like, okay, I mean, like, <laughs> again, like, $3.50 is kind of egregious for a bag of chips, but, I mean, mm-hmm. listen. If these are a limited time thing, then uh, you know they better be good. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and my my assessment of these chips, uh, having tried them, is they're not bad. They're not outstanding. They definitely do ta- have that KFC taste to them, uh, which, depending on how you feel about KFC, may or may not be a good thing. I I was kind of looking for a little bit more, especially based on your commentary. Like I don't know if you just got like an extra concentrated bag because mine tasted like KFC, mm-hmm. but kind of on the lighter side you know what i mean like it's just I, I could use a little bit more like a little more oomph to the chip right and it, it just wasn't there but we like, remember i think everybody has their different um taste buds too their nose is cleared up you know what their palate is currently like at that time because I, I to be all honest with you is that when i finished the rest of the bag a little you know a couple of days later um the the i guess the quote-unquote newness of it wasn't as the same as it was when I first had the chip, but it okay. was. But as you said, it was still there. The taste was still there. So, uh, um, so yeah. I mean, I'm I'm on board with what you said. So, uh, rated. I don't think I did. Did I do a rating? What would you rate I, it? I don't believe you did a rating. But uh, if we go like on a scale of one to five, mm-hmm. I'd give it a solid three. Yeah, I'm I'm on that too. I'm on that too. I mean, not not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. I don't. I definitely don't regret getting them, but. I wouldn't go make a grand voyage in search of these chips. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So um, the Grey Cup came here in July. Okay. It's coming here in September. Two-month differences. What's the next month that's two months away? That would be November. That would be. <laughs> Is this fate? <clears throat> Could be. Could be. I, I I just hope that the Alouettes are on board with this, <laughs> this thought process. I, I hope so that too. the team is kind of... You know, I, I don't know if that's what you'd use as a motivating factor necessarily, Dude, but no, I, I, it just I may sincerely hope. It just, it just may be the the stars aligning. Who knows? Well, could be. Could be. I mean, listen, uh, looking at the, the remaining games on the schedule, and I mean, it's – I mean, this team could go on a run. It really could. Like, 
you think about it. After this game against Hamilton, you're going out to Edmonton, mm-hmm. where they haven't won in like a hundred years. Like where the, the Elks haven't won a home game in like a hundred years. It feels like. <laughs> And then you got back-to-back series against the Argos and the the or against the Red Blacks and the Argos essentially to finish the season. I, again, I don't want to get overconfident here, folks, but I mean, I, I look at this team the way it's built, and if they can get them, if they can get their act together, if they can really truly play the kind of football that we've expected them to, I mean, I won't say undefeated necessarily, but I mean, if they can win a couple, like at least let's say five out of six of these games, mm-hmm. or even four out of six of these games. Mm-hmm. They'd be sitting real pretty right now. Mm-hmm. And as it stands right now, the only Eastern team, that, believe it or not, that can claim a playoff spot at this point would be Toronto. I think they have to win. And I think if they win and Hamilton loses, they, they essentially have their, themselves a playoff spot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and by the way, speaking of, and this is a little bit off topic, but seeing the the uh, the simulations that was put forth by the CFL like, like, they, like they do every year, did you see that that supposedly Toronto has a higher percentage of chance of winning the Grey Cup than Winnipeg does? Did you see that? It was like 20 points. It made no well, sense to me whatsoever. I mean, currently, as we see the CFL. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the thought process would be, it, in theory, whoever wins the Eastern Final will probably have a much easier road to go through than what uh, Hamilton, BC, Calgary, and to a lesser extent, Saskatchewan would have to go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can't help but wonder if that kind of factors into the equation a little bit. Potential, I guess. I guess. I guess. Um, I want to give a, a shout out to Mike over at the Church uh, uh, District pod who brought it to my attention that former Alouette's head coach, Daryl uh, Mudra, passed away in uh, 93 he only was the head coach for one year, Cliff, uh, 1966, but he did lead into a seven and seven record. Obviously, mm-hmm. our thoughts go out to his family. Uh, as you know, anybody within Alouette's nation, you're still an Alouette for life. Even though he he made a hell of a name for himself in in the NCAA's, I think he's in the NCAA Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he w- just made a huge name for himself in 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 the NCAA's. But obviously, losing a any member of the Alouette's nation is tough and. Uh, uh, our thoughts go out to his family again. Yes, 100%. Um, we had the season ticket, and I wanted to talk about this. I'll, I'll do that after the intro here. I, we had the season ticket member um, uh, day this week, uh, this past week, uh, which was postponed from uh, earlier this, uh, just by a couple of weeks, I think. But um, you and I met up, and uh, it actually, you know, weren't really sure what it was going to be like when it came to the to the weather and stuff like that, but uh, all in all, I think it uh, it did quite well, right? Yeah, I mean, I was. I think a lot of folks were wondering, you know, just how much of a turnout there was going to be because, yeah, the the skies were a little gray and there was a bit of a drizzle happening. So, you know, not the ideal conditions that the Alouettes were hoping for as far as uh, you know, nice weather at Percival Molson Stadium. But uh, lo and behold, uh, you know, the the show must go on. So they said, okay, just Bring your raincoat, and uh, you know there's uh, plenty of seats uh, with a cover on top that you can sit in and enjoy the mm-hmm. enjoy the action. So yeah. I, I was pleasantly surprised by the turnout. Like a lot of folks showed up for this event. Uh, they came obviously came to get their uh, season ticket gift. Uh, the team also fed everybody. It was originally yeah. supposed to be just a, a hot dog and a drink, but then it turned into a, basically a, a free for all. So we thought too. Yeah, I mean, dude, 
and for those of you who weren't there, let's put it this way. For one ticket, what, what didn't people have? You could have gotten pizza, a burger, a water, a soft drink, a beer, popcorn, chips. I'm still, my mind's still blown at beer. Yeah. I mean, yes, it was uh, no doubt uh, either Bud or Bud, Bud Light, which is the primary spot, one of the primary sponsors for the Alouettes. So mm-hmm. that's understandable. But yeah, still, uh, <laughs> yeah. Why not have a beer while you're at practice? I mean, <laughs> okay. It's sure. beer clock sometime. Well, that's it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, giving away the Alouettes beer would have been uh, suitable there as well. But I unfortunately helped drink it all earlier this year so <laughs> sorry about that folks <laughs> yeah um i mean i think it went well we we met up with um uh with brian waitman again uh, he wanted you know wanted to get our to pick our brains about a few things um that that he had that he just wanted to ask us about you know uh i i did mention you know and as we posted on our social over at alouette's fl deck uh on twitter uh, what the two toque, what the toque looked like, and what it, what it, the toque was, versus what it was versus the one that was given to season ticket holders back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And we just want you to everybody to chime in on on social if you can, and maybe I'll put it on our, on our uh, on our Facebook page too. Um, I, I don't remember if you had seen them because I know you weren't a season ticket holder at that time in 20 and a, a full time season ticket holder at that time in 2017. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on uh, uh, the other thing that we got was this nice was it a nice five by seven picture of the Alouettes coming through the uh, their entrance into the stadium uh, during the uh, whiteout game earlier this year yeah. that, that that fans could use for um, for collecting autographs collecting autographs or I'm I'm actually I'm thinking of putting it in a frame that it's that nice yeah no it was it's a really nice photo absolutely yeah. Uh, as far as the two goes, uh, I mean, listen, it's always nice when the team is willing to give you something. That's how I look at it. Uh, check with other teams in the CFL. Some of them don't even give anything to their season ticket holders. I know. So, I know. With, with, it seems like Edmonton's just getting it back next year. And Saskatchewan is like, you know, they seem to be of the opinion you should you should be thankful that we let you buy season tickets from us. That seems to be the opinion out of them. But mm-hmm. uh, but I digress. It's uh, you know. It, as far as toques go, yeah, it's it's a nice gesture. Uh, I mean, it's kind of plain. It's just a white toque with the yeah. red Alouettes logo on it. Yeah. I mean, nothing. there's nothing that would indicate this is exclusive for season ticket holders. I mean, unless it's like kind of one of those if you know, you know things. But at the same time, like you'd think there'd be some sort of way to signify that, hey, this is exclusive for season ticket holders. See, that would be the thing. And, and, and I think Brian was talking to us about that, too. That's a damn good idea, actually, Cliff. Because if everybody sees the picture that we that we posted on social, you can see the tag on the side that says, you know, 2017 season ticket member in English and French. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, because I know I think the, the teams maybe seem to be unsure of what to do. You can still, uh, you know, and my suggestion was, you can still put a tag that says season ticket member. You don't necessarily have to put the year, but then again, you want to have the year that says what it is. But I like what you you what you're thinking, Cliff. Put a tag on it that says um, um, put I Y K Y K. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just as he said, something. if you know, you know. 
Well, that's it. Because, and I understand why. Like last year, well, obviously because of 2020 being canceled, mm-hmm. the season ticket holder gift kind of got pushed to 2021. Mm-hmm. And even though it says season ticket holder 2020 on it, so it's one of those weird things. Like, okay, maybe putting the year on it, it's not such a good idea. But let's be honest. Like, how this is got the first time this has truly ever happened, if I'm not mistaken, that you've had a, a situation where we've had a canceled season and everything just kind of rolls over into the next year. So, right. I, I get why you would want to signify the year and show that this is exclusive for season ticket holders of 2021 or 2022 or whatever. That's the thing is, I, I guess the Alouettes were kind of in a tough spot. Like, yeah. how, uh, how do we salute the fans? How do we show them that we appreciate each and every one of them? Of course, a gift is a great way to do that. But I guess they felt, OK, let's play it safe. Let's just give this toque, which really doesn't look any different than any other Alouettes toque. So it. It's still a nice gesture. Don't get me wrong, but there's nothing about this toque that would suggest that you're, you know, oh, this is because you're a season ticket holder. Mm-hmm. Like this looks like any random toque that you can go and buy at the merchandise boutique or anywhere else. Yeah, like that's that's the concerning thing for me more than anything else is that it just kind of doesn't. It it just looks like one to the crowd, so yeah, to speak. I I agree. I I do agree with you. Um, you know, I I get a feeling this were done. Earlier on with the with the original branding, maybe they would have put the entire circular logo. I know the Owls have gone away from that. Kind of the circular logo as being their primary, from what it seems, and going uh, you know going with the the Embered. Um, but you also have to know what the Embered is. That's the thing. I mean, would you know? Again, uh, IYKYK. That, that's that's the thing. So I, again, I understand. I think I'm trying to think of twenty. 2019. I'm trying to remember what we got. Was it the clear bag and it said, or was it the reusable bag and it said season ticket holder 2019? I'm trying to remember what I'm trying to remember what 2018 was. Uh, Anybody, please chime in either on social if you remember on social or uh, email me at tim.capper at uh, outofwitzflightdeck.ca. I'm trying to remember what they were. Yeah, but I think I think they had the year on them. That's the thing. They had the year on them yeah and again that that kind of is what makes it exclusive that's what kind of gives that sort of cachet if you will and also too it's supposed to signify to people oh you got this because you're a season ticket holder exactly. oh okay and exactly. then I, I don't know if that would necessarily prompt people to want to sign up for season tickets based on uh, whatever little tchotchke the team gives you but at the same time it's still a status symbol of sorts yeah yeah i agree i, I do agree uh, grateful, yes. Uh, I wasn't a fan a fan of it, but I am uh, the color. But I am grateful to I was grateful to receive one. So thank you to the Owls for uh, for continuously taking my money and allowing me to sit in the stadium. Um, and I'm sure they're saying thank you very much for letting us take exactly, your money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what else um, did you take away from the season ticket day? Uh, just the fact that you know it, I I felt. In a lot of ways, things were kind of rushed a little bit. Like they, the practice was kind of rushed. Like usually, uh, you can count on uh, Alwest practice being at least an hour and a half. But I think with the events that were going on and what they, the the need to want to get everything done as as per their schedule, like the practice felt kind of rushed. Uh, and then the uh, on field meet and greet with the, the players afterwards also felt a little bit rushed. Okay, and then the Q and A. Yeah, I know. You want, well, I know you wanted to talk about that in a couple of minutes, but um, and it's true too. But I think what people need to remember, as far as we know as fans, is that the off of a bye week and a game for a Friday, the Alouettes would not have had practice. Would have not have had practice in, their first official practice until Monday. I mm-hmm. think. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's an unofficial day because they do get. Do they usually? Do they usually do four days? 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Maybe a walkthrough on Thursday. So I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but they still got seen to get through everything that they needed to mm-hmm. from what from the many practices that we've been to. Um, it was nice meeting up with a lot of the guys that we had seen before. Uh, we met up with Walter Fletcher, uh, talked to him for a little bit. We spoke with uh, Davis Alexander. Uh, you got to meet him for the very first time. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, well, lots of guys uh, yeah. were coming up. I mean, it's it's hilarious too because you know it's now through the podcast that a lot of these uh, players are starting to know and recognize us from, mm-hmm. which is extremely cool. It, the fact that people, the, the players are checking out the podcast as well is amazing. And I think for a lot of them, I think it was really cool to kind of put a name to a face because it's one thing like, oh, oh, it's yeah, 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 the flight deck, the flight deck, like. Great! This is awesome. And <laughs> well, it's like Terrell Sutton a couple of weeks ago when we saw him on, on the field. He was like, he saw you, and then he goes, "It's both of you, <laughs> right?" You know, like, yeah. This, this isn't a one man show here. Like this, like yeah. this is a, a package deal, folks. I mean, like it's Cliffy and Timmy right here. Yeah. I mean, these we're, we're the guys. So, yeah. <laughs> and now the, the fact that the players are recognizing and and appreciating that is is extremely cool. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, like. Again, it's really awesome to be able to see a lot of these guys. And again, a lot, a lot of the players we've seen before, and we're always, always happy to talk with them. Oh, and yeah, I think they're happy sure. to talk with us too. And it makes me laugh because uh, even when like some of the uh, the higher ups with the Alouettes, they kind of see us like, oh, crap, be careful what you say around these guys. <laughs> yeah, Mario, like, Mario, it is, who, who are we talking to? Uh, I think it was Fletch we were it talking to. It was Fletcher, to. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, so, he's, yeah, yeah I, love, I, love, I love the interaction with Mario. That's, you know, I... I, I a great representative, in my opinion, for the team, and I think he 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 did he answered some pretty interesting questions at the Q and A and stuff like that. Actually, so did, so did Danny Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I had fun with that part. And let's go in to go you know, go into it since I was segueing into it. You brought up some interesting points because I wasn't a little bit under the weather. Still am. You know, it's one of those. Uh, it's not as exciting as uh, Sheldon Cooper putting uh, um, Vicks on Amy Farrah Fowler's chest in that episode. Um, but uh, you heard some stuff, that, especially during the French po- questions, that was very interesting that you wanted to make sure that you told me about. And I think the fans should know about it, too. Yeah, definitely. Like the one question they, they had was, like, as far as the quarterbacking situation goes, was, okay, who is the future? Like since Vernon Adams wasn't essentially not the future because he's obviously been traded away to the BC Lions. What's the quarterbacking future looking like for the Alouettes? Like is a is a move going to be made? And they talked about uh, well, we believe in Trevor. We believe in Trevor Harris uh, as being our, he's he is the leader of this of this team now. Uh, but they are extremely high on Davis Alexander as far as his uh, his potential and his capability. Uh, they'd mentioned a lot of the players, like a lot of the homegrown players too. Uh, most notably, uh, Marc Antoine Decroix, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Harlemana. Uh, these are guys. They, as far as they're concerned, these are the the building blocks. These are the guys they want to build around. Not just because they're Quebec-born players, but the fact that they're exceptional football players as well, and they want to help strengthen and grow the game that way. And to them, that's crucial: is trying to develop. The Canadian, not just the Canadian talent, but the fact that this is Quebec-born talent that's playing for the hometown team, which I, I got to say, I'm, I'm pretty happy to hear that. Uh, I mean, the quarterbacking situation, like I said, Davis Alexander, Trevor Harris are not Quebec-born players, so you can't sort of focus on that. But as I alluded to in a previous episode of The Flight Deck, I, I'm wondering if the, when they're looking towards the future, if the theme is to build 
this team mostly out of Quebec-born players of talent, then one would have to consider that maybe the Alouettes are truly thinking about Jonathan Senecal from the uh, the Caribbean to come on board of this team as so, in some way, shape, or form yeah. in the next couple of years. But the fact that they want to use these Quebec-born players truly as the building blocks, and as I've said numerous times, like the talent level on this team like that comes from Quebec and comes from the youth sports level is second to none. The The love that this team has for Tyson Philpott. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah, mean, we saw, yeah, we saw Tyson, too. We saw Tyson, We too. did. We did, and he was in fine form as well. But the the glowing admiration that they have for this guy and just what he's done, the fact that he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can do in this league yeah. speaks volumes. Like when, it, when, it, when this team is looking towards the future, the moves that they've made to it with like the next two, three, four years down the road in, in mind, I, I think Alouette's fans should be really should be really feeling really secure about where, where this, the direction of this team is going. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And it was like, <clears throat> they were very, they were very candid in a lot of their answers. You know, it's, it wasn't the, it, it didn't seem to be the typical um, answer that they would give in a press conference that, you know, for, you know, and a question coming from uh, a member of the media, they seem to be very open. Now Mario always seems to be, uh, but Danny Mac, it, it's a pride. It was a a breath of fresh air um, because you know even at the end and whether you know whether they had planned on saying this or not. And I think a question was a question was asked specifically. I think maybe about the fans or about the st- about the team or something like that. You know, he basically said he goes, you know, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you, the fans. I don't remember mm-hmm. what the question was. In, it was something about like that. But you know, just to say something like that, it. Which, yes, it's true. You know, you, you you're not a team without the fans. You, you know, I mean, which I get, but mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of the stuff I get. What Danny Mac was saying was was very, um, as I said, it wasn't. It didn't seem like anything was being held back. It, again, it, no political slash media type of answers that I could ascertain from what I heard him speak. No, and nothing felt rehearsed or. That's what I was trying to get at. Yes, yes. Yeah. One <laughs> uh, one thing that was interesting too is. Uh, they're talking a lot about the logistics for like a lot of the fans really want to see the fan plane back or a yeah. fan train mm-hmm. again and or the fan bus yeah well the fan bus they've done to go to ottawa earlier this year but they and, still did bring up a point though but i'll yeah. let you i'll let you continue because I'm, I'm i'm getting into what you're saying here but they talked uh, mario was uh, very honest and talked about a lot of the struggles as these are things that they want to do as well but for example like uh, via rail or even uh uh, Nolanar, the uh, the team that does provide the uh, the charter plane for the Alouettes, they've been having issues as well as far as logistics and you know, being able to provide services like this. So it it's been a challenge, and but it is something that this team is definitely still wanting to do and looking to do in the future, especially now as things progress and we're getting back as close to normal as possible when it comes to everything that's been going on in the world for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. This, you know, there's there's going to be challenges no matter what. There's no question about that. But I think the fact that this team is still believing in these things, believe, sees the value in having like fan planes or fan trains or what have you. Any chance you can get to get fans together and bring them to an opposing stadium and let them be a part of the, the scene, if you will. Mm-hmm. The fact that they still believe in something like that, I think, speaks volumes and shows that this team is definitely committed to its fan base. Which again, folks, if you're concerned about, you know, is this team listening to this? Do they really care about me, or do they just want my money? Yeah, I want to believe. Maybe this sounds naive. Maybe it sounds a little homerish, but like I really believe, like this Alouettes team 
truly is listening to its fans and is going to do everything possible to try and bring back events like this and try to get back to the way things were back in the day. Like back when the Alouettes were successful and back when they were having initiatives like this to try and improve the fan experience for each and every one of you. So it it, it may just take a little longer than expected, but uh, the one thing I would say, folks, and and again, it maybe sounds naive, but just keep the faith because I truly believe that is the goal for this team right now is to get back to that good place, get back to that, that feeling they had back in like the uh, like early two thousands, late two thousands when they had like fan (laughs) fan participation was at an all time level. Yeah. And all the more reason, just by hearing this, Cliff, all the more reason for for fans to fill out those game day uh, game day surveys, those year end surveys, uh, or the the one that we had recently for the season ticket survey, and I think we'll get one at the end of the year also. All the more reason to fill them in because if they're reading some of the feedback and they're already working towards twenty twenty three, just from what we had heard and what we were told, all the more reason to fill that stuff out. Even if you think the idea is a pie in the sky idea. It's they're reading it. They're reading it. And and obviously, you know, I really think 2023, as far as this is my opinion, I think 2023 for the Alouettes, when it comes to their home schedule, is going to be drastically different than what it has been in years past. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is coming down to like, like if you really have to listen to this fan base, listen to what they want, because especially too, when you've got an owner, minority owner or whatever the case may be on Twitter, basically letting people know, like you've got to come to the stadium. We want you in the stadium. We, you know, doing everything you can to get this stadium filled. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of that has to do with listening to what your fan base wants. And there are times where I've wondered if the Alouettes truly were listening to their fans. And I I think with the, over the past couple of years, maybe it's due to the fact that COVID has changed a lot of what, you know, how we do things, how we spend our money, how we live our lives, this, that, and the other, you almost have no choice but to truly listen to what people want. And if you really want a building, like you, you want your stadium to be sold out, then you've got to be willing to adapt and change and listen to what fans want. If fans are telling you, we want games played on this day, and it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. then that's the that's what you got to do. You've got to accommodate your fans. You got to make and sure that try to they put, are heard. Yeah, and try to, put, say, try to convince the league and TSN this is what our fans want. Uh, by the way, a great term that was used by Mario, which I did not know what the term existed when he was talking about the, the fan trips and stuff like that. Calling the ones what, the ones that are used by the Alouettes, I guess that they rent the train, they call them ghost trains. I had not heard that term used before. That's pretty cool. Mm. I think it was, uh, they call it a ghost train because it is not, no- what, did, what, did, what did Mario say? It's not normal business practice, uh, not a normal business, uh, not a normal normal running train. It's not, it's something right. that's off the books, I guess we could say. Yeah. Like it's a, a, ghost tra- a ghost train. I love the term. I love the term. Yeah. Owls, I, use it. That would be even better now. Take the Owls ghost train to Toronto. Come on. It would give a certain mystique to the whole Come thing. Come on, like- dude. I agree with you. Take the ghost train. Take uh, the ghost train. Take the ghost plane. Whatever it takes. It I mean, if that's what <laughs> well, no, well, Nolanor, with Nolanor, it's different. Nolanor, it's different because it is, you know, they're, you know, the via is, I think, via is a, is a CFL thing. You know, right. it's a CFL sponsor. Nolanor really is. Is it really more Alouettes? I know there are a few. Play, I think there are a few other teams that use Nolanor too. I think 
Hamilton does or Toronto does? Uh, well, somebody did. Somebody did. I saw them on the plane. Mm. So, but yeah, yeah, by all means. So, all in all, I'm glad it was brought back. Um, again, I wish the weather had been better, but still, I think it worked out perfect. Where you know, where where everybody, you know, it, it, it held off till the very end. And oh, yeah. by the way, we can't also forget too. They all they, even even food. The boutique was open. And everybody could use, if everyone remembers, if you're a season ticket holder, even the coming this Friday, this Friday is the last day that you can use your September uh, uh, season ticket member month. Wow, that's so wrong what I'm trying to say here. You, you got to use your special 30% discount in stadium for the last time on Friday. Mm-hmm. So, but they were there too. They were there too. So, yeah. Um, before we get to the... Uh, to the preview, well, I remind everybody again, if there's any way you want to chime into us, you can do through, through our so- social medias or you can email us. I already gave mine out earlier, but you can also email cliff at clifford.pine at alouettesflightdeck.ca. Um, uh, one quick thing I wanted to ask you about is this whole hullabaloo about the Canadians having the RBC patch placed on their home jerseys when you and myself have dealt with leagues before, and yes, plural, leagues before that have had advertising patches already on their jerseys. Mm. Um, you got a hot take on this? Because to me, I'm like, meh, so what? I mean, yes, it would be nice if the colors matched a little bit, but it is RBC. You know, my only bone of contention really is that it's a it's a company based out of Toronto and not Montreal. But the RBC wants to make sure that they have that they partner with one of the most famous hockey clubs in the world. I get mm-hmm. that. I get that. Um, 100%. Thoughts? Uh, well, I'm kind of with you in that. I kind of wish they would have integrated it more. Like it does kind of stand out like this blue rectangle on a on a red sweater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have personally liked to see if you're going to incorporate the logo. And let's face it, folks. I mean, like advertisers are going to make their way on to clo- onto uniforms. No matter what, you see it in the CFL, you see it in the NBA. Uh, before long, you're going to see it in the NFL too. I mean, it's it's just the way it's going to go. I mean, Christ, soccer kits have Jeez. like like European hockey. Oh my God, that those are like you, you talk about like a literal bill like walking billboard. That's what the hockey jerseys are in Europe. Is <laughs> and they cram multiple sponsors on there to the point like NASCAR, NASCAR. Oh, forget it, like <laughs> like. Uh, like uh, MLS, yeah. Most of the, their jersey is a giant billboard. They usually don't have their logo on there. Or if they do, it's kind of off in the corner, or maybe on the shorts if you're lucky. See, I, mean, I would be if I were a Canadians fan. I would be even more pissed if they went the route. Let's say like the MLS does. The big sponsor, right? The may as the main sponsor, and the Canadians logo on the on the on the, on the upper chest. I would be. Oof. Pissed. Oh, I don't think anyone would stand for it. I just don't think anybody, no Canadian is going to stand for that. Even if you don't like hockey, you'd be like, what the hell is this nonsense? Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's all about nothing. I mean, we've had stuff. Uh, we have them on the helmets now for the CFL. Um, we're getting them in the NBA. Uh, we've had them on the, the boards for years in the NHL. They're now in virtual ads on the on the glass of the boards. Uh, the I mean, the one positive, I guess we could say, Cliff, is that for the CFL is that they've actually gotten rid of the physical ads in stadium on field and they're now virtual. We don't have to worry about seeing those now. 
at least for that. Well, they're still doing a horrible job of it, in my opinion, on, on <laughs> TSN. It just, it just looks horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I think it's, a, I, to me, I, I get it, but I think it's a, really, to me, it's all about nothing. It, it really is. At the end of the day, it's not going to affect anything. I mean, it's... It, I, I can understand people like the traditionalists are going to look at it and say this looks stupid. It's it look it desecrates the jersey. Blah blah blah. I mean, that's just the way sports is going now, folks. I mean, like there's yeah, these are iconic jerseys to a lot of people, and I get that one hundred percent. But look, that's just the way things are going right now. I mean, any chance you get to make money, you're going to do it, and if that means e- even more sponsorship in some way. It, it's going to happen. Like we've, we're seeing the logos on the helmets. We're seeing them now on jerseys. As you said, they're they're all over the boards, mm-hmm. uh, virtually or otherwise. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's just the way it's going right now. Or, or how they I mean, or how they do the CFL, ad. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, like CFL, they've had at least uh, one, if not two, sponsorship patches on their jerseys for years now. So I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like maybe we're just so used to seeing it. Like the, for us, it's like. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I saw them in Arena Ball. I've seen them. Uh, I remember how if you've watched uh, 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 Australian footy, you see how they do their uh, those giant ads on their pitch, mm. and those are done at it. See, those are done the coolest because they're done at an angle so they they can be seen properly on TV. Mm-hmm. Those. I mean, it's yeah. I, again, I think it's all about nothing. But anyway, yeah. Uh, what, I, I'm, yeah. I, I do agree. Like, yes. Definitely, the the team logo should be front and center and be the most important thing. Yes, and just the the sponsorship logo should be kind of off to the side, just mm-hmm. almost almost like an afterthought. And I think in time it will be that. But yeah, I I, I think it really is truly much ado about nothing. Yeah, they got them really on the helmets now. It. They got them on the jerseys now. At least most teams in the I think it's it's only it's not even all teams now. I think it's only like nine teams in the NHL. Uh, no, I think everyone with the exception of uh, Edmonton has said they wouldn't have a, a jersey sponsor. Oh really? Okay, yeah. maybe I haven't seen the ones that have been been announced yet, or that have been have been formally announced yet. I don't think every single one's been announced, but the the, the few teams that have been they they've actually made a you know a, a, I don't want to say celebration, but they've at least had a presser to announce <laughs> that. Yeah, and what well, a way and what a way for the Canadians to do it too with their annual golf golf tournament. Oi. Mm. <laughs> I remember. By the way, if you're curious to see what they are, I know this is totally off topic, but go to sportslogos.net. Uh, Chris Creamer has a, a whole story on these new logos. And by the way, I'd rather have RBC than Toronto having milk. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, just says milk. That's all it says, Cliff. Um, <laughs> some signings and some releases that the Alouettes have had uh, leading up to uh, uh, up to game, uh, at least up to the Wednesday before game week, right? Oh, boy. I mean, talk about making a splash. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like When I was, when I was thinking about this episode of the Flight Deck this week, and I was like, you know, the last couple of bi-week episodes, we've had big splashes of news to talk about. <laughs> You're right. And I'm like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, well, we got some good signings. Uh I mean, the Alouettes kind of got the ball rolling a little bit uh, by announcing the return of Jamal Davis, the mm-hmm. second. That, folks, is huge. Yeah. And let me tell you, last year, he was an absolute force for the Alouettes going into the latter part of the season. Uh, just an absolute stud on the defensive line. Was able to parlay that into a NFL tryout with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, was one of their final cuts at training camp. And now, uh, you know, I guess he was trying to see if he can get latch on to another NFL team. Uh, didn't work out. And now he's back here in Montreal, which is great because this defensive line for two years. 
Yep. Like this defensive line is already pretty stacked as it sits, but now you put Jamal Davis back in the mix. Oh boy, this this is going to get even nastier, and mm-hmm. I am here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another another move that I think is going to be really outstanding is uh, uh, Renth- I'm gonna, I hope I'm saying his name right, Renthony Texada, formerly of the Ottawa Red Blacks, who actually played against the Alouettes uh, last time they were here in uh, in Montreal. Uh, actually was able to pick off Trevor Harris <laughs> on en route to uh, a victory. So uh, kind of glad he's on our side now. <laughs> yep. So once again, the secondary, which, as I've said, uh, has some bright spots to it with uh, the additions of Raheem Wilson and Nafis Lyon. Mm-hmm. Now you're adding uh, Ranthony Texada to the mix. Uh, that definitely is a relief to know that you, this is a, a, like I said, this is a constant work in progress. And as long as you're adding key pieces to make it better, and I think Ranthony is able to do that, and I really hope I'm pronouncing his name right because I looked at like his name and like I I think that's how you say it. I thought it, that's so. that's what it too. I still think it sounds cool though. Like Ranthony, like I love how yeah, I love how some of these names they they're they're not your generic Tim and Cliff <laughs> or Mike Jones, but we'll get to that. Oh in a boy, second. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so again, Ranthony Texada, very happy to see him now in Alouette's blue and red. Uh, but but wait, there's more. Oh, yes, sir. There's more. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Alouettes uh, have also added uh, three, count them, three players to the practice roster. Which we were given the heads uh, up, that, by the way, at the uh, uh, the season ticket member day. We were gonna have, we weren't told we weren't told who they were, but we were told get ready, boys. Yeah, we were told. Yeah, that's uh, this is true. We were actually uh, given a. A sneak peek, obviously one of those things where we, they can't divulge too, too much. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they were nice enough to say, just be ready because this, mm-hmm. this is – you guys are going to be impressed with this. Mm-hmm. You are looking at new additions. That would be Rashad Harding, uh, Jalen Alexander. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, the Elwes have added uh, quarterback from Elkhorn State, Felix Harper. And from what a lot of people have been telling me, this is the guy you have to get excited about because he was absolutely outstanding – uh, in the uh, you know, for in the uh, what do you call it? Uh, HBCU, uh, historically black college and universities, playing in, in that style of football, uh, in uh, for for Alcorn State University, mm-hmm. was an absolute stud. Uh, was a a part of the Cleveland Browns uh, training camp uh, this earlier this year. Really showed out. Uh, was really uh, a very impressive uh, specimen, and now he's here in Montreal. So, uh, <laughs> folks, I, I know a lot of you are excited about Trevor Harris. I, I get that. Some of you are excited about Dominique Davis. I know we are very excited about what uh, Davis Alexander can do in the future. But uh, if you're truly looking towards the future, one can't help but wonder, could Felix Harper be that next exciting playmaker for the Alouettes? Who knows? This could Who be this, this could be that, uh, that missing piece of the puzzle. So at least... Danny Machocha seems to think so because he, he he did what he had to do to get him on board. So yeah, exactly. As far as uh, new additions to the team, uh, those are the uh, there's those. And uh, last but not least, because we had uh, gone. By the way, we had gone a, a couple of weeks ever since uh, Davis Alexander had been promoted to the to the active roster. We had not had a quarterback on the practice roster. No, it's and true, it's, so. it's been weeks since we've had a, since we've had a guy. Yeah, and also too the fact that the practice roster spots are going to be opening up because they'll be expanding the practice roster. So now this is the time to be bringing in that talent and making sure you got people ready to go for that potential playoff run. Yeah, exactly. 
And last but not least, uh, as far as new additions go, uh, the Alouettes have uh, signed uh, national receiver Mike Jones to the lineup. Wait a minute. So the Owls now have two players by the name of Mike Jones. That's right. Okay. We are, we already had a Mike Jones, but I guess two Mike Joneses are better than one Mike Jones. Sure. That must be the thought. Sure. So, yeah, so now we've got a Mike Jones on offense and a Mike Jones on defense. And now, is there a Mike Jones on special team somewhere? I don't Can know. Can we find one? We, we got to complete the set, don't we? Well, we, we yeah. Well, the thing is, if we were to do that, I mean, the Mike Jones we picked up, just picked up, he is a national receiver. The DP, the defensive guy that we have is an American. So we would need a global. Wouldn't that be hilarious? I, I, I'm not kidding. I would laugh. My that would be off. so hilarious. Dear God, I, in fact, I'm going to go look for that. I'm going to see yes. if there is there you go. a global – someone playing internationally who just happens to be named Mike Jones who is on special teams. Whether he's a kicker, a punter, a uh, long snapper, I don't care. If, if you can do special teams <laughs> and your name is Mike Jones, we now want you on this team. Yes, we want a Mike Jones on all three options here. Yes. Let's do it. Let's. It, it's a Mike Jones Alouettes. Yes, exactly. And, of course, uh, unfortunately, there are – you know, when you add on players, inevitably there will also be releases as well. Uh, unfortunately, the Alouettes uh, did uh, show Darius Williams the door, which is disappointing because uh, friend of the show, uh, we've uh, we've spoken with him on a number of occasions, and he's been he, he was absolutely outstanding at the first part of the season, and hasn't been able to get on the field too much aside from uh, special teams and that, and you know, still a solid contributor. But uh, it's been like five I weeks, I think, that, that he's actually been, been a starter or, or been. If I remember, if I remember looking at his stats correctly, I could be wrong. But anyways, continue. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact is, he's he really hasn't been given a chance to really show what he can do after so much promise earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess with the uh, the additions that uh, have been made, like Nafis Lyons, Thomas Costigan, yeah. and uh, 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 Anthony Texada, and now Jamal Davis. I mean, like like I said, you're adding all these defensive pieces, then inevitably someone's got to go. And unfortunately, Darius is uh, the odd man out, which is, as I said, unfortunate because, you know, we, we definitely think a lot of him. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind, though, that uh, someone is going to pick him up because he is just that talented. Uh, he, he will land on his feet. So I'm not too worried about him as far as professional goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we definitely wish him all the best. Uh, as I said, just an absolute gem to talk to. Uh, just a great guy. And uh Definitely wish all the best for him uh, going forward in his football career. For sure, for sure. And again, obviously, welcome to the new, all the new players to Alouette's Nation. Exactly. So, like it or not, folks. Uh, I mean, yeah, the season's two thirds of the way done. These games are starting to count now, and Alouette's need to make sure that they are locked and loaded and ready for a playoff run. Because mm-hmm. as it sits right now, they are in a playoff spot, but. They do have a couple of teams nipping at their heels. So, uh. Do they ever? Do they ever? And one last thing we're talk- that came across the wire before we uh, preview this week's game, Cliff. We got a dirty bird coming back. Yes, we do. Uh, in addition to all the stuff that's going on for the game on Friday, uh, most notably is the return of Chip Cox uh, to, cel- to celebrate him being nominated into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And joining him to celebrate, as well as uh, signing a one-day contract so that he can officially retire as a Montreal Alouette, none other than the Angry Bird, Kyrie's A. Bear, making his return to Montreal. I said angry. I said dirty bird, didn't I? Damn. (laughs) Damn Atlanta Falcons. Uh. (laughs) No, he was was the Angry Bird. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it'll be really awesome to see him back, uh, you know, celebrating his – 
the, the success uh, of his good friend being nominated into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll come back and officially retire. And uh, he himself, uh, Mike, are you ready for this? Tell me. Not only has he uh, a newborn baby born earlier this year, uh, his daughter just had a baby. He's going to kill me for saying this, but he's a grandpa. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And he's, yes, folks, he is younger than Tim and I. We won't reveal our ages, but uh, he's younger and I'm he's about a say, grandpa. If you know Cliff and I well, you know how old we are. So. <laughs> we're not we're not exactly spring chickens no, here. But, no. <laughs> but wow, yeah, Kyrie's a bear. The angry bird is, could be the angry grandpa. <laughs> wow. By the way, I do not see, because obviously this is Chip Day, Chip's Day also, I do not see them doing what they did when uh, Mike Pringle signed that one day contract to end his career as, with, as an alouette. Remember they had him, remember they had him dressed at, well, he dressed up, I guess we don't know the whole story, but he was dressed in the old alouettes uniform. He came yes. out, he came out with the team in the old alouettes uniform. Oh yes. I remember. Yeah. I don't see them doing that for this. For chip. I don't think so. No. Do you think they, no, I was thinking that was, that was, that was for AC's uh, number retirement. Oh, Okay, okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Are, are we done with that? Because I want to double back just by that. Just rung it, rang a bell. Something that was also asked that is very pertinent to what we're just talking about. Are we done? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Speaking of, we're talking about retirement. Da 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 da. That was a question that was also asked at the season ticket member day, and we're talking about specifically of John Bowman uh, and say and Chip Cox having their numbers retired. Right. And you and I have talked about this before, uh, I think off air. So Mario was, I think it was Mario that met, was it Mario or was it Danny Mac? I'm trying to remember. Or both. Okay. They basically said there may be, you know, look at all the numbers that the Alouettes currently have retired. And obviously there are only X amount of numbers that can, you know, that, that the teams are using. And that you start retiring all these numbers, you have less and less numbers that you can use right. on, on field. Mm-hmm. You know, you can double them up during preseason, but you can't, you can't during the season. So mm-hmm. what was kind of, I, I can't say it was hinted, hinted at, but it was kind of an idea was floated out there. I'll just put it that way. I guess it, unless you can think of a better term um, that it was said that there is a possibility of immortalizing these current players and future players that are becoming superstars that get into the Hall of Fame, et cetera, or are about to get into the Hall of Fame, because we're, which we're thinking about John Bowman, mm-hmm. of being able to represent them in stadium by putting their name somewhere without retiring their number. Mm-hmm. And when you and I heard this, I said, you and I talked about this before, is we thought of immediately as an example of what the Blue Jays do in Toronto. They don't, they don't retire their number. I think they put their number next to their name but they put them on their uh, on their ring of honor. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what the Alouettes might be leaning towards. Which would make a lot of sense because yep. you'd even asked about, uh, do you think that they would ever retire Chip's number? Yeah. And I thought, well, if they don't retire Brian Chu's number 68 after playing 13 years for the Alouettes and win- winning two Grey Cups, uh, Chip's won two Grey Cups, uh, John Bowman's won two Grey Cups, and those numbers are not retired. If anything, they've been re reissued. I mean, there was a bit of a, a moratorium, a bit of a waiting period before those numbers were reused. Right. Which I think is a fair thing to do because not, not the number seven. Um, well, no, they, 
They waited a couple. Uh, well, I guess technically no, they, didn't. they waited. They really, yeah, they did a year. If it was a year, well, and COVID, techni- and COVID. I, I, I said technically two years. Okay. So, yeah. All right, but yeah. In any event, they still there was a, a bit of a a grace period, if you will, to before they. It's not like they slapped the number on uh, somebody else right away, which I think is fair. I think you do certain players. You do have to sort of give them a little bit of a chance to, you know, like. Let the body get cold, so to speak. I mean, okay. I guess there's, for lack of a better term. Better, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as we see now, uh, number 11, which T- Chip Cox wore for many seasons for the Alouettes, now is being worn by uh, Kayon Julian Grant. Yeah, KJG, yeah. Yeah. And now number seven is being, of course, worn by Trevor Harris after Bowman was wearing it for a no- number of years. Mind mm-hmm. you, he started wearing, I think he started wearing number 48 and then switched to number seven. So. It doesn't have that quite same that ca- that same cachet, but people do know like it is iconic enough for people in Montreal that number seven is John Bowman's yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, I, and I can understand the sentiment and feeling of like, oh, how could so, how could you let someone else wear that you know famous number seven, or how can you let someone else wear sixty eight or eleven or so on? And I get it. I understand like the, you know especially players that have put in so much time and helped this team win multiple Grey Cups. Yeah, I, I definitely get it. I think when it came to like Anthony Calvillo and Ben Cahoon, for example. They played their whole career in Montreal, like Brian Chu did. Uh, they won multiple Grey Cups, like Cox, Bowman, and Chu did. I think the big difference, though, is they won three Grey Cups. And maybe it's a, that kind of rarefied air. Like the, at that point, you're like, okay, the, those numbers are definitely untouchable, for sure. And that's why they retired those. Mm-hmm. In fact, I even remember, I think it was in 2013? It was 2013 or 2014, uh, during training camp. They actually had the chutzpah to put some kid, some rando kid, in, in number 86. I remember that. Yep. And and Twitter, uh, was it Twitter? Yeah. Twitter or social media or whomever, the internet, let's just say, let's cover it all with the internet, was agog. They were insulted beyond belief. I even mem- I remember even mentioning it to Ben at his uh, Hall of Fame uh, ceremony when it was here in Montreal. I said, can you believe they did this? Like, what? Like, yeah. he, he was even a little indignant about it. Like, come on, man. I mean, his like, original number, okay. Because he wore his original number for a year. Right. 32? But 32. Yeah. No, but again, when when you're talking about 86, it is Ben Cahoon, 100%. Oh, like, yeah. So, and again, I, I think that kind of prompted thing, the Yellowettes to get their ass in gear and get the number 86 retired. It's like, it's so, like yeah, 30, there are many others, too. Like, SJ, come on. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, Etienne Boulet, yep. number 22. Yep. Uh, Matthew Pru, number 20. Like, again, like these are numbers that, yeah, these guys have done, you know, spent their whole career in Montreal. They've done great things. They've won championships with those numbers. I can understand the sentiment and the attachment to those. But at, as as Mario and Danny had talked about, is like, you can't keep retiring numbers because a football team has so many players and so many numbers need to be used that, you, you know, you're, you're going to run out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So in that instance, for certain players that are just just below, like in that, that tier below of having your number retired, like like the Calvios, the Pringles, and so on, you need something. You need some way to honor them, whether it's a ring of honor, a, a plaque, something, anything to signify who these people were. Like they are very much a part of Alois history. They, they are very much a part of this team, 100%, and definitely need to be celebrated and saluted and honored in some way. And... To me, I think like this is what a lot of teams are doing now. Like a lot of teams are trying to go away from the whole retired number thing, especially in football, for those very reasons of just eventually running out of numbers. Uh, I'm sure it's like the Yankees too; they have a ton of them. I, if I'm not mistaken, isn't like now now the Derek Jeter retired? Isn't like one to twenty essentially retired now? 
I think I think so, and I'm sure they want to add another one now with uh, with Aaron Judge. <laughs> there you go. So I mean, like we're we're getting again. You're at that point now. Like you know, teams are wearing, like players have no choice but to wear these bizarre numbers, especially in in baseball because well, you know, you're retiring all these numbers, like all these like iconic numbers. And I get it. I understand you want to salute and celebrate these these legends if you will yeah but i mean unfortunately the game does go on and you do like you know you got to feel the team and you got to be able to let players wear whatever number they can so yeah i mean when you think about it too like uh, i don't think edmonton or uh, winnipeg really truly retire numbers either like they no. they honor and salute and i know for winnipeg number 85 for milt steagle has not been issued since his retirement so it's an unofficial so yeah yeah, it's an unofficial yeah. retirement, but they still don't really retire numbers. And, yeah, and by the way, Blue and Jay, the Blue Jays is called theirs is a level of excellence. Right, that's what it is. So yeah, so I am definitely all for the Alouettes finding a way to salute these and that's legendary only 10 players. players. By the way, it's only ten players for the Jays. That's only okay. ten. Right. So, but yes, I all this to say that yes, I, I am in favor of the team finding a way to honor players like a Chip Cox, John Bowman, S. J. whomever you you name it. I, I am all for it. I am. I will. So, you know, I will sign my name to anything that. Yeah. You know, for for something like that, I will propose it. I will whatever it needs to be done to make that happen to be able to honor these guys. I am absolutely one hundred percent all for it. But yeah, as far as retiring numbers go, I mean, it's it, it's so tough because yeah, there's there's so. The, it's another question that needs to be asked by the Alouettes at the end of the for their end of year survey. Put it to ask the question. Ask the question. Yeah. That's all you got to do. So, well, and like I said, if the team wants to come forward with something like this, I'm all for it. And let us know too, folks, what you think. Like, should teams be still retiring numbers? Should, you know, there still be that moratorium on, on, on player number, certain player numbers not being used for a while or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let us know whether it's on social media, via email, what have you. Let us know what you think. Let us know in the comments if you shall, if exactly. you will. Exactly. Last last game of the longest homestand in Alouettes history is occurring this Friday. A currently the Alouettes are three and one on this uh three and one on this homestand. Two and one. Sorry, two and one on this homestand, and it's a big game. Yeah, we thought the game versus BC was big. This is a big game up against playing up against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, a team that is currently two points. Uh, is it two points? One. Two, but two points behind us in the standings. Uh, yeah, sorry, I think, one, I think we have a one game, game in, two points. You're right. I think we have a game in hand, or they have a game in hand. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, Actually, the season's like the, 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 this oh, no, is no, no, no. I mean, mean, it's overall as far as total games, as far as total games is played. I think they have won. I got to check the standings. Good job, Kepper. Um <laughs> But e- either way, either way, it, it is a it's a very big game for yeah the Hamilton. Yeah, we have a game in hand. We only, we've only played 12. Hamilton's played 13. Um, to potentially give the Alouettes a really big heads up when it comes to the season series, obviously, versus Hamilton. Uh, I think we – and uh, obviously towards the playoffs, too, it would give us an upper hand in the uh, – potentially get us one game, you know, a couple more points closer to Toronto uh, and that first place spot. Um, Alouettes are favored by two and a half points cliff at home this week. And the over under is currently at 52 points. Uh, depth chart isn't out yet, but we also are, we already know that, um, 
uh, that, that Ducroix will not be playing this week because of non-football-related uh, issues. But if you've seen uh, what it is on social media, you already know what it, what the reason is because I think they, uh, it was announced by Joey in his team preview. Um, yeah, this is and considering uh, the Dane is back. What he did last last week versus Winnipeg was just mind blowing. I mean, the team that had a minus it was a basically a minus nine differential when it came to wins, wins losses. Minus nine to be able to to do what they did to Winnipeg, you know, it makes you it makes you wonder what type of game this is going to be. We also have a quarterback too, Cliff, you know, in Dane Evans, where he is very similar to what we've seen before in games with VA and in Trevor Harris, where it's a good Dane, bad Dane type of thing. Well, I think it's been mostly bad for him. Like I. <laughs> I've talked about you know everybody getting on the Dane train, and I think that train kind of went off the tracks a little bit. Uh, he was hurt too. He was hurt. I meant prior though, but yeah, ever, ever since he's been a a, a full time starter, just this year in Hamilton, it, it's not gone. You're right; it really hasn't gone too well for him. It, it hasn't, and uh, you know, for him to come back come back the way he did uh, last week versus Winnipeg and kind of punch them in the mouth was pretty impressive to the point where you're now all of a sudden wondering, oh, are we going to get this Dane Evans or are we going to get the Dane Evans that's been so lackluster yeah the, the past uh, past year it's really hard to say i mean it's uh I, I think beating winnipeg is no small feat as we know and they did it convincingly so they've got to be feeling themselves big time right now the hamilton tiger cats like they've got to have all kinds of confidence going into this match knowing full well too that montreal usually is terrible off the bye yeah, uh, at least that yeah they, uh, yeah history under 500 yeah, well, well under five hundred. Three or four games, three or four games under five hundred. Yeah, when it comes to coming off buys, yeah. Zero and two this year alone. I yeah, mean, I know. so it's it's not looking good in that sense for Montreal. So I mean, one it, plus, it, it wasn't a bombshell bye week, so maybe that's true. That's true. One can make the argument that uh, you know there was no major distractions to the team, whether whether it's uh, head coaching changes or uh, uh, ownership uh, woes or what have you. So. <laughs> Maybe the fact that this was kind of a kind of a boring bye week that might actually work in the Alouettes' favor. So I guess we'll see. But Hamilton, they know what they have to do because right now they're on the outside looking in playoff wise. Yes, it's uh, true. But they got they got to make up ground. Uh, they too are in a a dogfight. I mean, they they went through a hellacious series against the Argos. Uh, still managed to win uh, three out of four games, which is pretty. Or, or sorry, they they lost three out of four games. I'm sorry. So. The pressure is definitely on for them as well, considering, too, that they were in the Grey Cup the last two seasons. And at the, at the rate they're going right now, I mean, a lot of things are going to have to work in their favor in order to become a, a three-time Grey Cup uh, participant. Uh, right now, the, the, the next challenge is beating the Montreal Alouettes at home, which, as you said, like they're currently 2-1 and one on this homestand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal's got to be feeling good about that uh, victory they had against the BC Lions, but still remembering what happened against the Ottawa Red Blacks. So, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think Don't Montreal too ahead. is just, yep. I, I think Montreal too has to be wondering like which team is going to be showing up, which Alouette's team are we going to see on Friday? Because like this, this is the time, like when they say that this, the, the, the real season starts after Labor Day. Well, guess what? We're well past Labor Day. So we are in it right now. We are yeah. in the thick of things. Yeah. We're about to have Turkey for Christ's sake. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, Montreal, they're looking up at uh, at Toronto, who could clinch a playoff spot if things work in their favor. 
they want to get there too. They 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 want to be able to make their case as well. So I mean, the only way you're going to do that is you got to win football games. And as I said, like the the schedule, that's, the next few games that are coming up are winnable games. I won't say they're very winnable, but they are winnable games and games that if the right te- the right Elvis team shows up should be able to win those games. I I won't say they'll win every single one of those games, but uh, no, I know, I know. This I, is this is the time essentially. Like right now, if the Alouettes are serious about making a playoff run, they got to do it, and they've got to start with this game against Hamilton. Yep, yeah, and this this is also a team too. You know, the Hamilton isn't yet to win on the road this year. We don't want to get. We went through this a few years ago where we were the firsts for a lot of teams at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. We don't want we don't want to be that this time around. We don't want to be that this time around. Um, we mentioned about Mark Antoine Ducroix being out, already officially out. You had asked me about Zach Lindley potentially being a replacement, and he he's, he was he, he until we find out officially right now it does not look good because right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday he didn't he did not practice at all. So the question would be who would replace him, and would this person potentially be uh, somebody that the that the Tiger Cats would go after? We won't know. I mean, can you think of somebody who could potentially? I mean, we have to go back and check previous um, depth charts. But can you think of anybody at the top of your head that could potentially fill in as a technically as a number three? Uh, the only thing I can think of right off the top of my head would be uh, uh, Ryan Anthony Texada. Mm-hmm. Like now that he's part of the lineup, like he's typically a, a DB. But uh, unless you have him a DB and move uh, either Nafis Lyon or uh, Raheem Wilson into the the safety spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going strictly Canadian, though, then uh, you could probably put uh, Brian Harlemana in oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Aki, too, has also played uh, free safety in his time. Uh-huh. So that wouldn't be so unusual to see as well. Uh, I mean, th- th- there's definitely options. Uh, again, I'm thinking if you want to keep it Canadian, though, because Mark Antoine de Croix is Canadian, so is Zach Lindley. Mm-hmm. So if you if you got to keep that safety spot strictly Canadian, then I'm thinking either Harlemana or Aki would have to essentially assume that role but uh, as i said now with the addition of uh, anthony texada that's going to increase you know a lot of players roles in the secondary i think that there might yeah. be a, there might be a little bit of a musical chairs happening in the in the secondary so we'll see how that all pans out but now with dequa being out uh, for this game yeah it's uh if they if they want to go strictly canadian at uh, safety then I think those are your two options right there. So yep. stay tuned to our socials. By the way, we'll be repli- uh, we'll be putting out the uh, the depth chart as soon as it does become available. Um, uh, one plus, by the way, and it's going to be great to be seeing his dad again this week. Tyrell Richards has already been staying. He is going to be practicing. He is going to be playing this week. Well, there you go. I mean, that's a, another option as well. I mean, like even though he's a linebacker, I mean, he's got the speed and he's definitely got the football awareness. I mean, he probably would not look out of place too. Uh, you know. As uh, as a safety, mm-hmm. but also too, what I said with uh, Aki, you might be better just for the experience. Yeah, put Aki and then and then you've got Richards in or or Harlemana in the linebacking core. I mean, that's to true. me that, that that's probably how I would play it myself. But uh, by the way, I, I'm I'm curious. We didn't. We, it's one thing we didn't ask this week. And anybody who knows the situation, what um, has Greg Reed been six game for the rest of the year? I really would like to know. Because it, it makes me wonder about his rehab. I, I feel bad for the dude. Yeah, same with uh, Najee Murray. Yeah, I agree I with mean, you, this, buddy. Like, these are two players that should be, like, a, a part of the lineup and in a perfect world would be and would be kicking all kinds of ass, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. 
just you know, as far as uh, shutdown corner and uh, defensive backs go, I mean, you're not going to get much better than Greg Reed and uh, Najee Murray. And the fact that they've been banged up uh, for the better part of the year really sucks. So. That's right. And and also, I know this is where I'm looking forward to this, even though we've said don't. I'm looking forward to the, to the next week's game because it, it's very possible the back will be back. We'll see. But that's 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 oh. wait that's 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 the giver that's a tease for next week. Mm-hmm. So um, no, the one thing that uh, one thing I will say that is uh, regardless of how the defense plays, I mean these are all guys that have to be able to contain like the Stephen Dunbar's and the Tim Whites of the Hamilton Tiger Cats because you know Dane is going to be slinging the rock. Oh yeah 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 yeah. No, I, and I, he's going to be whoever it is that's going to be in the secondary. He's going to test them, and that's that's just what he does. And he'll. Yeah, those are the two guys that he's definitely going to be looking for. Like, so regardless of who it is in the secondary, they got to be able to shut down guys like Dunbar and White, and that's going to be the key for, as far as I'm concerned, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah. Like, that's that's how they were able to beat Winnipeg, and I think Winnipeg yeah. may have even taken them lightly because let's face it, they came close. Like, Winnipeg made a made a run for sure until they just took over the fourth quarter on that on their last drive. Just took over the fourth. Yeah, and I th- I think that. One one could even perhaps even say that you know maybe Winnipeg's now kind of starting to coast, considering that their playoff spots guaranteed. I mean, they could have locked up a home field, a home playoff game with a win last week, but mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe they're just kind of in that mode of okay, well let's not kill ourselves here. Like we've we we know we're going to be in the playoffs again, so let's you know take it easy a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And actually, one one big thing when it comes to to uh, uh, that could be a a very big thing for Hamilton, especially on defense. It's already been announced that defensive tackle Dylan wins out for the game. That'll be huge. So, and, he, and he's coming in. Uh, I mean, he has four sacks on the year, uh, but still, I mean, 31 defensive tackles. He's that's, I have seen a many tie cat fans saying that's a huge name to be out for this game. Um, uh, is it Vashon jo- Joseph is also out for the game too. Mm. Uh, but that's via illness and stuff like that. But uh, Tunde uh, Adeliki, Adeliki, thank yeah. you. He's questionable. Yeah. So uh, and then Lamar Durant, uh, their wide receiver, is doubtful with an ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be interesting, Cliff. I hope people show up. I mean, tackle hunger. Um, tackle hunger. Oktoberfest is happening at the stadium as dude, well. Yeah. Yeah, who wants a dog and a beer and a collective collectible cup? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a little disappointed. I didn't see anything about a Oompa Band or anything like that. But uh, you know, big maybe they'll surprise us. And like I said, as long as Danny Machado is wearing your leader hose, are you going to wear your leader hose? Oh, it, you know, it's at the cleaners. You know, yeah. Just don't wear just don't wear your kilt because it'll be the wrong day. Yeah, uh, no, it's not Scottish Independence Day. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> if anybody wants to see Cliff, we're leader hosing for the one of the games for the rest of the year. Please add us. Please add us. Please, please. That that'll be good. I'll, and you, you can go. serve your Grolsch beer. Oh, there you go. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see how the Alouettes do Oktoberfest. I'm sure it'll be very interesting oh, to yeah. see at least. Yeah, by the way, that and the Great Cups there, and hey, this two month thing, baby. Woo! Ooh, listen, it's time Friday time. Night Lights, folks. I mean, like this is, like I said, as Tim said, you got to come out, you got to support the team. I mean, we're we're in a playoff hunt now. That's really what it comes down to. Like mm-hmm. it's like summer's over. Now it's time. This is this is crunch time now for the Alouettes and pretty much for every team in the Canadian Football League looking to get into the play the playoffs. Is 
you got to win now. So now now's the time to really establish yourself and you know, separate the men from the boys, so to speak. Like this is this is the time. So, and this team needs you to be in the stands. They yes, need sir. you making noise. They need yes, you sir. being loud. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, I, that's that's really what it comes down to. Like we can't be having like fifteen thousand fans on no. Friday night. Let's you break be, eighteen. Let's break eighteen. Let's do that. Come on. Let's let's get us up to eighteen thousand. And listen, we we're doing our part too. We're giving away the flight crew seats. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if if you didn't win this time. You know, there'll be other opportunities to win. But, folks, if you get a chance, come on out. Support this team. That's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to is just come out, have a good time, enjoy the Friday night show, enjoy the cheering on the Alouettes to victory, and let's secure that playoff spot. If nothing else, there's one thing at a time. We'll worry about whether it's a home game or exactly. not. Exactly. Secure the playoff spot. Just get that X next to their name saying that, yeah, they will be a part of the Great Cup playoff spot. Exactly. And Simple as that. Yep. And lastly, before I, we say goodbye, just want to mention this one thing, Cliff. Just recently on Classic Auctions, lot number 551, Cliff, it is a gorgeous Sonny Wade's 1970 Montreal Alouettes game-worn Grey Cup jersey from the same year went for $1,172 US. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't me. me either <laughs> no if you wanted anybody wants to take a peek at it it's an absolute gorgeous thing they also there are many things that i wish i could have bought over the years from classic auctions but obviously to no avail oh and by the way i can't i also have to give props to baby lot number 552 peter de la riva's 1977 gray cup worn at montreal alouette's jersey cliff went for Twelve hundred and ninety dollars U.S. Jeez, and again, wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of legends right there, folks. I yes, mean, sir. My but, goodness. Hey, Montreal history, and we want you to make it with us coming this Friday as we watch the Alouettes play the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So, Cliff, I'll see you there, my friend, and we hope to see you too in the stands. Drop on by in, in uh, section Y one. We will be there this week. So if we will everybody- be there, and uh, we will be ready to welcome each and every one of you. So come by, say hello to us, uh, let us know what you think of the podcast, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. We always appreciate each and every one of your feedback. And uh, if you're not already, folks, subscribe to the podcast, whether it's through your favorite pod- podcast platform, through YouTube, what have you. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody. Come be a part of the flight crew. Yes, sir. So everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck for Cliffy D. I'm Tim Capper. Run final approach. Take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off to the great white north. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.